0: What's up, guys and gals, fellow whiskey sippers? This is Whiskey Biz Podcast, where we rate and review whiskeys under thirty dollars. Um, and I mean, tonight we do have a special
1: for you. Uh, we have, sorry, we, we have Jason <laughs> I, I from, up there. from East Side Distilling. Am I saying that right, Jason? That's correct, yes. Eastside Distilling, and uh, we're actually going to be reviewing their Burnside Rye. If you listened a couple episodes back, we did a Burnside episode where we did the Goose Hollow and the Buckman, and uh, we figured um, Jason was available, and we wanted to do the rye with him. So, um, Jason, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and give a little more background to the listeners?
2: Yeah, my name's Jason Erickson. I'm the head distiller for Eastside Distilling, and I've been with the company for almost seven years now. Very cool. That must
1: be a fun job, and also yeah. stressful.
2: Um, stressful, not so much. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> it, it is a fun job, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I get to do stuff like this. I mean, that's it's fantastic. That is cool. Right? That is cool.
1: Yeah. And then you have a product, and you're—I don't think your name's on the bottle, but nope. you know, you're the the head guy behind um, behind the bottle. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what? It, so we know the Burnside line. What other lines do you guys have if any of our listeners drink other spirits?
2: So our other big seller is Portland Potato Vodka. Okay. And uh, that's actually available online through High Times Wine, I believe. Okay. And uh, I just look at their website and then it's a really good deal. It's like sold selling for like 13 or 14 bucks. Oh, wow. Oh, All right. It's, it's an incredible uh, potato vodka. And, um, another brand we have is called Wayway coffee rum, uh, just, just like a, a little boutique, uh, style coffee rum. It's like good replacement for Kahlua and we use coffee beans that are sourced from a single farm, uh, in Guatemala and roasted here in Portland by Portland roasting company.
1: Okay. Very cool.
2: And then we just released a line of, uh, like, um, uh, under actual name east side distilling released a small batch rye a single malt cherry cast single malt um released an aged gin 11 year old rum and a couple other ones It's straight bourbon it's pretty much going to be like 14 years and up
1: so very cool yeah very cool um yeah i think you have a total of four bourbons under burnside and a rye correct or am i missing one uh the- or not bourbons i should say whiskeys
2: right yeah uh so yeah we have the west end blend which is like an american whiskey the standard Birdside blended which is just a blended bourbon and then the goose hollow which you which you guys tried very and then tasty. the buckman buckman cask and then the rye that one. and then we just released a, a barrel strength rye called oh, Birdside Black. Cool. yep
1: that's awesome. Yeah, no, we're, uh, we're excited to try this one. Like I've, I've mentioned before, the Goose Hollow and the Burnside, I'm sorry, the Burnside Buckman were both uh, phenomenal and we were very impressed with them. And I think just whiskey in general, it's been fun to see, like you guys aren't small by any means, but to see not like non-large distilleries start to be more up and coming. It's been a lot of fun to see all the different whiskeys out there right yeah. so um we'll go ahead and give this a pop i don't i think you're drinking a whiskey sour but you could probably speak to this as well as i got a oh. sample of the rye All oh, right. nice <laughs> very cool so here's the pop Ooh. it was open so not quite as big of a pop as usual but it's uh Still had a pretty good pretty good pop on it though it did it did we we really love the bottles what uh how, how did you guys come up with the bottle and the label yeah, so there was a, a company
2: here in Portland called Sandstrom Partners. They uh, basically took the the Burnside concept. So Burnside is a street that runs through Portland. It divides the okay. north and west, or north and south part of town. And there's a bridge that goes across uh, the Willamette River here, connecting the east and west side parts of Burnside. And on the you'll see on that neck label there, there's a tower. There's a, oh, so yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a drawbridge, and there's uh, two towers like that. So the color scheme is based off of uh, uh, colors on the bridge, and also just other uh, iconic uh, Portland landmarks. So okay. they kind of, they gathered all this, uh, uh, just visual, and uh, even the, the typeface is pulled from different uh, classic buildings around here. To yeah. You know, create the the labels and i just i love them so much
1: yeah no they're they're awesome and i think the the blues from the buckman and the goose hollow really sit up nicely against the color of bourbon yeah right
0: that's what we were at least uh uh talking about on the previous episode
1: definitely
2: so uh we're gonna see them all on the shelf together it it looks fantastic
1: yeah (laughs) no they're they're nice labels because you see some with like the paper type labels and those just It, Do you like guys a, have
2: the paper label or is it the screen printed version? It's we, the
1: screen printed, I yeah, believe. Screen it, printed.
2: Yeah, we switched back to a paper label and it's oh, even did better. You? Yeah. Is it? Nice. It's, it's beautiful. Like I've never seen a label like that. So it's yeah, absolutely incredible. Row City Labels here in Portland does it for us.
1: Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Um, so Devo, are you getting anything yet? Um, I mean it's it you could definitely tell that it's a rye.
0: Um But I I wasn't able to pull out any of the other spices that I was, you know, usually kind of expecting. Yeah, you definitely
1: get the rye on the first nose. Um, So what? What do you guys sense as as rye?
2: I'm always fascinated by like how people experience their own their own senses. I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. um, For me, and what I get normally from from rye is like it's a good, um, like medium spice one that tickles the nose, and then. a, a hint of sweet, but it, it's more of like, right. as weird as it sounds, a cinnamon type sweet. That's what I normally pick up for a normal rye or, you know, when I'm expecting a rye type of thing. So, uh, when I say a rye spice, that's kind of, I guess, what I'm picking up is
1: something like that. And, Interesting. But, yeah, that's a good point. I I tend to consider rye spicier, not necessarily how I pick up the rye spice itself or the the flavor from the rye grain. Gotcha. Um, but I'm also not a huge rye bread fan, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that would be the the closest thing that I could compare it to because I don't you know I don't have rye sitting around in my house. Right. Um, but yeah, to me it's it's a little spicier. It's a little more like. Ries are more full-bodied to me than like bourbons or more like more powerful, more potent on the nose. Like if you took a 90 proof rye and a 90 proof bourbon, I, I feel like you get a little more shock on the no- nose when you are nosing a rye. That sounds wow. really weird to say it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but see,
2: um, I get the but, opposite. I, th- I said, I tend to think that ryes are a little bit lighter than okay. bourbons for me. And so, so when I first like smell it, it smells like, uh, like fresh hay. And, but again, like, like you said, Devo, it's like a little bit of that cinnamon sweetness in there. So
1: I can see it now. I will be honest. I'm more of a bourbon guy. Devo's more of a rye guy. So it kind of balances. We both enjoy rye and bourbons, but 90% of my shelf or my liquor cabinet is rye. I mean, I'm sorry, bourbon and Devo's is kind of like even, I feel like.
0: Yeah. I, I try to keep it somewhat even. Um, my rise are normally more higher proof too. So I usually get like the, the one, one Oh fives and up, uh, for my, my rise. Definitely. Well, then oh, you'll
1: love our didn't... new Burnside black. Oh, <laughs> nice. We didn't even talk about the bottle. Usually we go through the bottle. So similar, it, it has a very similar look. So the bottle's the same bottle. Um, the label is just yellow with a green, uh, with green lettering as opposed to blue for, the majority of the others. I think you said the American is a white label with blue, or is that the uh, blended bourbon? Uh, the
2: American's like more of an orange. That's right. And then the, the blended is a
1: lighter blue. Got okay. it. Um, and this is 46% by volume. And I believe, so we actually have Liquorama right by us, which is where your site sends you to. Right. When you go to purchase the bourbon or the rye. Um, and I believe it comes in right at 39.99 does that sound about right sounds about right yep perfect um so yeah I'm getting like to me it has like a little bit of a citrus in there I'm getting a little scent of citrus okay. i'm I'm getting the cinnamon like Devo mentioned um the rye uh, spice flavor or uh, uh, grain type deal um
0: and I'm also getting I don't know if I, if I've just been picking this up lately, but almost like, like a dried fruit okay. on that. on it as well. Um, but yeah, I don't
1: know. Now I will say, so you guys use Oregon, so the process, is it, the, its whole lifespan, is it aged in Oregon oak?
2: No, so we source our whiskeys for the Burnside line. Okay, um, different distilleries back East. And so we'll make a blend like this, uh, Burnside rise, a blend, and then we rest those in, in Organo casks okay. and they will be Ar- different sizes. We have like uh 30 gallon, we have some standard 53 gallon and we have a 100 gallon uh punchins and okay. we'll generally like the rise is, is a mix of 30 gallon and 100 gallon barrels. And then there'll be varying levels of toast or char, okay. depending on the barrel.
1: Very interesting. I was the reason I asked that is I feel like even a, it, there's a similar scent that I get from it, like on the Oakiness that's mm-hmm. different from your standard rise or bourbons, but it's consistent across all the lines, right? At least the ones that we've had and it's just distinct. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's just slightly different. And I was wondering if that's partly due to the, um, the Oregon Oak as opposed to yes
2: you. yeah organ oak has a very distinct flavor to it when if if you ever get the chance to sample it just like on its own it's uh i mean it, i don't really like to describe things because it puts a again it's like it's the taste memory thing everyone has their own taste memory and mm-hmm, right. of course it, um a lot of people can be uh affected by that <laughs> so, right right so but what I get is a like a pu'er tea. If you ever had like a smoked, darker tea, like uh, again, like you look like you don't know what I'm <laughs> I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I it. mean, That's I haven't, a I haven't had
0: a well, yeah, and yeah. I haven't
2: had a, a smoked tea. So, it, but it's it's more of like a like an applewood smoke, I guess. Okay, if okay. you ever had bacon like that, um, and some like deep dessert flavors like creme brulee with like a really caramelized top. Interesting. And
1: go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I took my first sip and it's, it's so pleasant. Like it's just such a nice sip. Um, and one thing that I tend to touch on a lot is if someone new to rye, would like it or if they wouldn't because it's a big transition even going from bourbon to rye it's a very distinct palette and especially if someone's not even a bourbon fan going to a rye it's it's a it's a big change um but this i could see someone new to rye or whiskey thoroughly enjoying this nice um it's to me the there is that oakiness that you mentioned but to Mm. me it's like a sweet oaky like a sweet smoky flavor in there not like a peated or, or exactly. a scotch type feel exactly but it's it's not so i'm not a huge fan of sweet alcohol right. but it's like a nice sweet that balances very well with everything else in there
0: yeah and for me on my first sip i, I i'm it's nice and smooth um, there's just a little bit of warmth not too not too much of a burn or anything like that so it goes down very smooth and, um the rye flavor comes comes in then it, it there's a, a little bit of of a uh i like to call it like a the tickle or you know like uh you know you could t- definitely tell that it's a, a whiskey but then it, it for me it was finishing um almost piney um for me like a, a refreshing little like i don't know like it, it it finished very well um on the first sip even so. And that's first sip of the day. First sip of. Right. Of this. You know, it it's, it was a very good first sip.
2: Right. Yeah. I found um, that over the years uh with when people are describing the Burnside line, it really depends on their, their experience with whiskey. Because if they're new to whiskey, it can be that oak flavor can be a little bit overpowering mm-hmm. for a lot of people. But the more experienced whiskey drinkers like are tend to not be as affected by Oak as much, especially like if you had older bourbons, just because like bourbon gets put into like new Oak, mm-hmm. like, like new charred Oak. So it, like if you have something, anything over like 12 years, it starts getting like very tannic and just like, just like a massive structure to it. So.
0: And how long is this one aged for?
2: The rye is a blend of, I think two to six years
1: two to six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ext- to me. So in most, for most rye, I find rye to be much like simpler than bourbons. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different flavors in a bourbon, but rise usually kind of the rye kind of overpowers a lot of it because it's such a strong grain. Right. Um, but this to me is actually pretty complex. And I noticed that with your other line your, or your other Whiskey is the goose hollow and the buckman and we had the hardest time picking out the flavors because or the the palate and the nose and because it's so like there's so much going on and it blends so well so well yeah i was yeah. gonna
0: say that that was part of the fun of it too was like wait i i'm getting this but i i don't know if that's it <laughs> so
2: yeah well that's cool to hear because the the buckman for example is uh it's not a blend so that's okay. just uh one type of of bourbon and it's that interaction with your organ oak that we think gives it that complexity
1: and that definitely most people don't
2: have that uh, that experience with organ oak so it it provides something new
1: definitely the um the buckman's aged 10 years is that age the minimum like when you
2: that's a minimum. So okay. there, okay. there, there is a blend of it. So it's the same juice, but there are, there's a blend of varying of different ages in there. So it can be up to okay. 14 years.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, oh, it man. was very impressive. I felt like it was almost like a dessert bourbon. The bottom. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's how it came across to me. Yeah. It's like a nice nightcap. I, I was glad that you let me take that bottle home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is so enjoyable. It's, I don't I don't know how to say anything better than that it's very enjoyable it's I'm trying to compare it to like another bourbon or uh, rye jesus I always say bourbon um it's because you're a bourbon man it's I fun. am um I think the closest thing I can compare this to and Devo correct me if I'm wrong I'm thinking like the closest rye I can compare this to is Knob Creek twice twice barreled I'll take that yeah
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I would, I would say that that is a, that is actually a good comparison, um, for what we've tasted on the show and, and what we mm-hmm. have in our cabinets. Um, this one definitely, I think it competes like
1: right alongside it. I, I agree. I think the only difference between the two is the proof and the it's proof. eight, yeah. eight proof higher in the, uh, twice Cobb barrel. Creek. Yeah. But this, this like plays right along with it. And, uh, I'll explain in my rating later why I say that but it's uh it's so complex and it's I mean it's it's likely due to the I mean it has to be the Oregon oak that's doing it because I've never gotten flavors like I have from your 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 whiskies. Yeah. It's, it's it's quite incredible and I will say if I don't know if you heard our uh, Burnside episode but I <laughs> it's definitely one of those you see it on the shelf you buy it like there's no question hmm. and I mean, I don't think you guys are allocated, so you aren't going to see the ridiculous pricing out there, which is really frustrating in the whiskey community. Yeah, Um, all this allocation and pricing. Now in Oregon, you guys are um, state-run, so you don't see the crazy secondary pricing. Uh, Do you still see it? There
2: is some of that, but they do have like certain allocations here. Like only, uh, it's more like a lottery system. I think so you you can register with the Oregon liquor control commission and then get a spot for like, you know, whatever release Pappy Van Winkle. And then you'll, you'll have to go to the liquor store that, that, that is selling it it Mm
0: -hmm. and then
2: get it based on like a a lottery, just first come first serve sort of sign up thing.
0: Interesting. As kind of, it kind of sounds exciting, but at the same time, it it sounds like a, a slight hassle.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like,
0: then, if you get picked, you're like, "Oh, yes, sweet." But then, if you're not, it's like, "Oh shit, right? I can't get Well,
2: yeah, and like, so like, I don't have a car, and they're always at the liquor stores that are just you know miles away from any place I can bike to, so it's, uh-huh. it's just not worth it for me. <laughs> right.
1: Now, you guys are based out of Portland, so if you don't have a car, I'm guessing you live nearby in Portland. Oh, I I bicycle everywhere. Okay. okay.
2: although my bicycle just got stolen out of my apartment building storage locker so yeah
1: oh my god that's horrible Yeah. yeah that's no fun but i was on my like fourth sip because i can't stop sipping this i'll be honest like usually rise i i have a sip set it down for a while have another sip a few minutes later and this i just can't stop sipping on um there's some distinct flavor in there, and it could be the Oregon Oak, but I'm, it's something different that I can't put my finger on. I don't know if you're getting the same thing, Diva.
0: Um, well, it, it is definitely one. Like, I, I see where you're coming from where, uh, you know, it doesn't hit your quote-unquote normal rye where it's a one-and-done-for-the-night type of thing. This one is dangerous, I would say. <laughs> Highly. Um, I, I know I've been trying to be good and not keep on sipping but um yeah i'm letting it just air (laughs) let my taste buds get back to where it's like okay i can go ahead and take another sip but this one would definitely be a good one around the campfire or Mm -hmm. or just with a a couple of buddies over the weekend and the bottle would be gone and i'd be fine with it (laughs) like like this one is is super smooth very good um the swish was was full-bodied and and uh you know, like it's still there. That's probably why I'm not jumping back mm-hmm. into it too. So the, the finish is, is like medium to long for me, but, um, actually Jason, could you, uh, let us know what was, what's like the flavors that you would, you were
2: expecting
0: the, the, you know, people enjoying it to, to taste?
2: Uh, well, I get a little bit of that cinnamon, um, get fresh hay something mm-hmm. about just like being out outside there's something about rye that just like like you said it's perfect for sitting in around a campfire and uh a little bit of just the classic caramel uh from the oak and a little bit that smoke from the
1: oak and you
2: know just standard sort of stuff like that
1: very cool um yeah i I figured it out. It's like a slight like mid palette there's like a little syrupy like a maple syrup that I catch. I don't know why that's what I'm thinking, but maybe it's like the caramel mixed with the other flavors. They kind of give me like a mid palate syrup. Okay. It's very enjoyable. Um, and hence why I go through this so quickly. Um, (laughs) there's also
2: like vanilla comes through a lot for me with, with all the organo products. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely. And maybe it's that caramel vanilla kind of hybrid flavor that gives me like some mm-hmm. sort of a, I don't know. I try and like justify why I say certain flavors,
2: right? <laughs> so yeah, it, it hits me like the initial taste is is um, smooth and sweet, and then right. it follows up with that rye spiciness, and then just like a hint of those tannins on the on the, on the finish.
1: Definitely right.
0: Um, so for your because. You're having a whiskey sour right now. Is
1: it was it this? No, he he's Ryan? he's sipping this with us as well, but he also but, had a whiskey uh, okay, sour. Okay, I, I guess oh, I was going into right. um
0: is, is would you say that this is a good uh one for cocktails?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Makes the cuz I I was thinking Manhattan's. the same.
0: Oh, I, I was I was automatically thinking of a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And if and when we do our Manhattan episode, this is going to be on the
1: Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah. Yeah, this, this would be very good in a Manhattan. Um I think it, it has all the rye that you'd want in Manhattan, but it has some more depth that'll just add to that flavor um of the cocktail. Yeah. I, yeah, I make would sure you get a good vermouth with that. So what's that? Make sure you get a good vermouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. You have to. It does. I I've yeah. But, yeah,
0: there's been a few times. That I just did not have a good Manhattan because they put either too much vermouth or it was just, yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) I was was like, man, I should have just ordered it neat. Damn it.
1: (laughs) Right. I was at an Italian restaurant and they served me, I think they called it like a Sinatra Old Fashioned or something like that or like something similar to that. And they put Campari in it. And it was terrible. Oh, (laughs) man. It was so bad. Um, It was the worst thing I've ever had. I felt like giving it back, but then I felt like, "Hey, I paid like fifteen dollars for this, so I might as well finish it." So,
2: but yeah, that was. I feel like, like a fifteen dollar cocktail should not have Campari in it. It's, I agree. It's, it's it's fine, but it's not. I don't like it. And there there are like a thousand uh, Amaro's out there, so like, there's got to be something better than Campari.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah, but. To your point, you have to have a good vermouth if you're going to make it yourself. Honestly, I feel like the only cocktail I can make, well, cocktails, I can make a whiskey Coke, which is impossible (laughs) to screw up, right? I prefer not to drink them. Um, And Old fashions. I feel like I've gotten that down pretty well. But the next one for me is a Manhattan because I feel like it's, it's such a, it's kind of like the classy whiskey drink. I guess an Old Fashioned is too, but like it's kind of like the fancier it's you know you're dressed up for a ball and you have a right a yeah. manhattan
0: i i think it's the uh the martini of of whiskey it well it's
1: served in a the exactly same glass, what it right? is, yeah. but yeah <laughs> yeah but i haven't done my swish
0: oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for for our tastings jason if uh if we didn't explain that before we we'll go through with a nose we do one sip two sip and then a swish and uh try and pick up even more flavors but it looks like rob's still showing that uh he's only picking up that uh that syrupy and it's just nice i like the as weird as it sounds for when i say this almost every time that i end up saying it it has a good coating (laughs) if that's like it surrounds the mouth so nicely that you know I'm
1: satisfied. I, I I don't know how else to explain it other than No, other there's than that. Like, like, I couldn't, you know, there are a lot of whiskeys that we've had on this podcast. I think we're on like number, this is probably going to be like our 42nd episode. So we've drank a lot of different whiskeys, um, a lot of them under $30. And I feel like it's a lot easier to pick apart a $30 bottle than like a 40 to 50, 40 plus dollar bottle. Like right. this doesn't like... I'm not a distiller so I can't technically say what would make it better. I don't know 100%, but I don't think I think you guys hit this on the mark. I don't think there's anything it's missing. It's extremely enjoyable. It has enough rye coming through to make me happy when I drink a rye. I I say this all the time. I tend to prefer high rye mash bill when I want rye. Right. Um, just because I want to get punched with the rye. Like because I'm in that mood for rye. Um, otherwise I drink bourbon and this though, it's like a, this is like a meal kind of like have like all four, like, you know, when they say like (laughs) Like a round meal, like a round meal and you have like the little like fruit veggies or whatever, I guess you wouldn't have fruit. Yeah. 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 Like starch, (laughs) protein and vegetable. And it's like, it has it all. And I, that's, that's my overview of this whiskey or this rye. That's awesome.
0: So so Jason, um, for this, did you guys play with the proof on figuring out like
2: what's gonna be the one that goes to the shelves or uh no yes, yes, during that development process, uh we reformulated this one about three years ago with the with the design change. And then uh actually that was the first time we, we even released that we but we redid the whole burnside line. And then, yeah, this particular blend it won uh, double gold at San Francisco Spirits Competition in uh, 2018, I believe. Awesome! How'd that feel? That was was awesome. (laughs) That was great. I wasn't head distiller at the time, but uh, you know, still, it's you know a win for the company. So, big party? Uh, not really. (laughs) 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 Just just a just a good feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nice.
1: Just pat on the back. All right, get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just some justification that what you're doing is right. Not justification. Yeah. That's not what I mean. But I think everybody knows what I mean. Um, right. Yeah, yeah that's but, awesome. Uh,
2: we have been tinkering with the the barrel entry proof for the organ oak. Just okay. seen like around 110 to 120. So I don't know how familiar you, get, you, you guys are with barrel aging, but uh, depending on the proof, it can pull out different things. Whether different compounds, whether they're uh, water soluble, which will be a lower proof or more alcohol soluble, which would be a higher proof, like extract more of those. So yeah, even 10 proof can make a bit of that difference. So some of that'll be like the 110 proof. So that might be where you're getting more of those sugars from.
1: Okay. Interesting. I didn't think of that. Now, when they do the, since you probably know this a little better than we do, when they do the tastings at these competitions, is it correct that they proof it to a hundred for consistency, or is that not necessarily the case?
2: I heard that. I don't somewhere. think so. Um, I know it's, it's a blind taste test, okay. so I don't think they proof it to any okay. particular thing.
1: Sorry, I'm oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar up. with the spirits competition. So yeah, you, we want to go to one. <laughs> We were joking that because we run a podcast, we can technically say that we're press. Yeah. Trying to be press. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, it'd be cool to go experience it and see what these guys are pulling out of these whiskeys and just be flabbergasted with these flavors. And we're sitting over here saying, like, rye. <laughs> 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 <And it's- laughs> Caramel vanilla It's basically we're, we're like just
0: going to name off the, the very generic ones that everyone names off.
1: <laughs> right. But well, yeah, like I, it, it took
2: me so long to connect my own taste memory to what I'm tasting and be able to like actually talk about that. So, and then I, I kind of came to the, to the realization, like I, you know, was reading some stuff about uh, just how, how difficult it is to, for uh, like actual food scientists to nail those flavors down. And because like everybody's experience is different and mm-hmm. there, like, for example, th- there's no way of knowing whether like the same caramel I taste is the same as yours. Like you could be experiencing it as strawberry what I was experiencing as a strawberry just because of the way your, your brain works. So like, yeah, that's it's, really it's, interesting. I maddening for even like really professional
1: <laughs> scientists. That... <laughs> right. Well, that is a good point. Um,
0: because yeah. yeah we've we've come across that even on our own show where i i say that i'm i'm picking up this flavor and rob's like no what are you yeah. talking about yeah <laughs> so, right.
2: and we have so you like on when you guys are reviewing the the goose hollow and the buckman you were looking through our webpage and looking at the the tasting notes on there right and you're you're saying like how oh, like
1: so know, usually are we usually to are picking that up or like but definitely we did use your website at the end so we always do ours blind And we go through Mm -hmm. the notes that we get without knowing because that could to us like if i see vanilla well i'm gonna feel stupid if i don't say vanilla like your mind kind of like tricks you into finding these flavors so then afterward we go back through and we say okay this is what they're saying and then we take another couple sips and see if we really get that now that we're thinking it right but that's going to
2: be based on you know those are based on somebody else's palate from a different course, maybe a different region from where you guys grew up and your experiences with food growing up. So definitely.
1: Yeah. We, um, we tend to use, because some of the bourbons that we try or whiskeys we try aren't like the distillery doesn't necessarily say the tasting notes and we Mm -hmm. use breaking bourbon a lot. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. So they do a lot of reviews pretty much. I mean, I think we've only had one or two out of 42 that have not been on there, been on there. And it, we, we tend to get that kind of situation with them. Um, we tend to, like, they'll say, like, tobacco, and it's like, I've, you know, I've had dip before. I've smoked cigars. I've smoked cigarettes. I've, you know, I've experienced any tobacco product <laughs> you can, and I'm not getting tobacco out of that. And I think in order to get tobacco, you had to have dipped at some point in time, like, right. or smoked. Um, but, the, you know, we, we get that a lot with them. But to be honest, most of the distilleries, we've had similar, we may have missed a a A flavor or two or a note or two, but overall, I think we've, we've been close-ish. Well, the the thing that's annoying is that uh, we'll get like vanilla caramel
0: flavorings and then they'll say toffee. I'm
2: like, what? What? Yeah. It's the same same thing. Right. That's what I thought. (laughs) Toffee's just, just, yeah, toffee's just advanced caramel, so. Right.
1: (laughs) I took a sip, right as you said, t- uh, caramel and vanilla, and it just—that's all I smelled. <laughs> but um, see,
2: but that that actually can get into your head, and you can actually experience that. That's how powerful your brain is. Definitely, like, the art of suggestion. Because, like, because you're you know you're with somebody that you like. Apparently, you drink a, a lot with, so it's like you get in sync, and you think, thinking, "Look, well, I should be tasting vanilla." I should be tasting caramel. So definitely your brain tells you that.
1: Uh, uh, absolutely. It is crazy how our brains work. Our brains are yeah. pretty like, I don't know. I feel like we don't use our brains enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it especially that we only people. use
0: 10% of our brain? <laughs> yeah.
2: I was just reading about how uh, you can just tell yourself anything about like, say you had a bad experience, you know, you, you embarrassed yourself on, you know, you said something wrong. You can tell yourself, well, no, it really wasn't that bad. And then that'll actually make yourself feel better if you're, if you're, if you are focused enough when you tell yourself that.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Just having a a positive mindset on everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or negative. It can have the opposite effect too. Yeah. Right. Like I'm I'm saying for our our listeners,
0: think positive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with
2: Heston Blumenthal. He's a chef in, in London. So he says, like the the best way to uh, make a bottle of wine better is drink it with somebody that you love.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. So
2: and then it'll just because the experience of <laughs> the experience of like that to- togetherness will
1: make the experience better. That makes sense. That is that's a good point. Like, yeah. Anytime I've had alcohol with people that I didn't enjoy, it didn't taste quite as good. <laughs> yeah. And
0: you just kept drinking the yeah Jack and Coke to forget about the people that you're around. Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
1: Yeah, you know, to, back to your point. When I was when we were working retail, if I had to call out, I'd talk myself through how I was feeling sick for like five ten minutes, and then I'd call in. And I was really good at figuring out that I was sick. I even pulled out some coughs I didn't even mean to uh to do.
0: Same. Yeah, <laughs> but then, then you actually
1: but then you start to feel it. You do. Right. right. You do. And then, and then you your day you're off you're like, ruined. I'm not sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you have to talk yourself into not being sick again. Um yeah. but yeah, it's it's very true. Um so anything else on the whiskey, Devo, do you wanna uh, hop into the I, rating?
0: I do want to hop into the rating. Um I'll give you my
1: rating after I say
0: this. Uh I mean I'm on my second pour already and I just think this is such a good whiskey to bring people together. Like, let's say uh, you have a kind of like a reunion type deal of friends, family, what have you, and this one or this this rye would be perfect to get people loosened up with it not being overly harsh or anything like that. To off-put anything so for me this is like a, a 4.5 for me um by the way jason we do um zero to five zero to five with 0. 0.25 increments yes um so for for me this is definitely gonna like i'm gonna have to find this one and and put it on my shelf um this one's just solid uh, going back to what rob you usually go with is yep. is solid solid
1: this one's <laughs> solid um I agree. You, you have a point. This is, and I think this would also be good for like, if you have someone that's like a stubborn rye drinker, they'll only drink certain rise and you throw this at them. You don't tell them what it is. You just tell them to try it. And they're going to be kind of shocked. Like it could be something to get someone kind of out of their own head. Cause I feel like there are a lot of whiskey drinkers. that get stuck in their own head. And I mean, so we do a lot on TikTok. And you see a lot of people that went to, they call it bourbon TikTok. I don't know if you've seen that before, if you guys are on mm-hmm. TikTok. But a lot of people started with Jack Daniels, thought that was the best thing in the world. And then <laughs> right. they started expanding into you know these other $20 to $30 bourbons and Rise. And they're like, wow, there's so much more out there. And Jack, uh, I'm, we'll never get sponsored by Jack. I've, I'm not a Jack <laughs> fan at all. Um, they have some good lines, but... I mean, just the standard black label Jack is just, it, we won't get into that. Um, it's But fine. yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's good fine. as a mixer. I'm not going to drink it yeah. neat. No, um, no. <laughs> yeah. It's it.
2: Yeah. That's something you can, that's a whiskey you can't, you can mix with Coke. So
1: yes, right. it's probably right. the best with Coke, even though we didn't, we did a whiskey Coke episode a long time ago. We never did that again because we felt so sick from the sugar and the whiskey, it was just too much. Even though back in the day, that's what we drank at parties. We drank whiskey, Coke <laughs> right. the whole time, whole time. And now it's like I can't do it anymore. After sipping whiskey and enjoying whiskey, it's just it just threw my stomach off. But this would be a good one to give someone that enjoys rye, and you just want to kind of throw them off, just a, a little bit, it, because it's it's so. Like I said before, it's so deep there's so much going on with this compared to a lot of other rise and again the only one that i felt that way about was knob creek twice barreled right which i think an, that's another phenomenal rye and that's why i'm also going to give the same rating at four and a half out of five just to give context to you jason i've only given the highest rating i've given is four and a half devo has given one five um, we used to not do 0. .25. We did half points. We just switched mm-hmm. to the 0. .25 because we've done so many now that that we kind of need to to be able to narrow down. It's hard because exactly you, where we're at. Yeah, if you give something a four, but it's not quite deserving of a four and a half, or you you, you know something slightly better than another four you gave. Well, then you know, four point two five may fit better. But this is definitely this is a solid four and a half for me. Um, there's nothing really. I don't I, think there's anything you could do better with this. This is just great. I'll take 4.5
0: point and everything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like $40. You can't beat that. And for any listeners, if you are outside of, I don't I, off the West coast, do you guys distribute primarily on the West coast right now? Or are you across the country? That's correct. No, it's just okay. on the West coast. So if you can't find it in the state you're in, you can go to liquorama and they will ship to, I believe any state. Not a hundred percent sure on that, but you should be able to get it in any state from liquorama.net. So if you are interested in trying it, you can get it there. Right. But this, you did a great job with this. Um, by the way, I don't think I'll, because I'm a bourbon guy, I don't think I'd ever give anything over a four and a half on a rye. So this will (laughs) probably be my top rated rye. Um, this in twice barreled because I, I really think they're the closest comparison. That's the only rye you could compare this to, um, or compare the vice versa works too. But, you guys did a great job with this.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And it's, uh, the only ride that I know of that's rested in Oregon Oak. So it's unique for any ride drinkers who want to experience something new
1: and unique. Definitely. Yeah. If you, if you ever see this actually. So one of our followers, uh, his name's Aaron. He, uh, he actually came across your product in Connecticut. I swear that's where he lives. It's Connecticut. <laughs> He's going to yell at me in the car if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get the alcohol is hitting me, which is surprising because this is only 46%, which that's another thing. The fact that you got all this flavor into a 46% bourbon, I mean, rye, Jesus, there I go again, <laughs> um, is incredible. And it was the same thing with Goose Hollow and Buckman. You guys get so much flavor into something under 100 proof. It's very impressive.
2: Yeah, th- the Oregon barrels, man, there's something special. They're they're incredible. the The trees are fantastic. We actually have a, a, a tree. It's about uh, three quarters of a mile away from my house. It's a called a heritage tree here in Portland, Interesting. and it's actually older than the city. Oh, and it's just it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's got like this, uh, just this beautiful light silver bark on it. Oh. It looks like something that would come out of out of Middle Earth, like walking through the land of the elves or
1: something like that. So, it's <laughs> really fantastic. Cool. You know, they're, they're, uh, well, you were very humble for saying that because you could definitely just be like, ah, we're just great at this. But <laughs> the fact that you, you lend it to the Oregon Oak, but you guys at least came up with the idea to use the Oregon Oak, which yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that was I'm, my
2: predecessor, uh, Mel She like, I think that they, she started that in 2012. So, okay.
1: And I'm sure that was pretty stressful to go through because you have some batches, you, you know, you spend a lot of money on that whiskey and it could have gone completely wrong.
2: <laughs> right. And the, the barrels are like really expensive because it's a difficult wood to work with because it's so tight grained. Oh. oh, you can actually see it in, uh, in our, so our 30 gallon barrels, they, there's to be a lot of that barrel candy cause they it just seeps out because it's really hard to get good, tight cooperage on that. But on our hundred gallon okay. barrels, they just look, beautiful so that's like the size to get but again it's like it's really expensive because it is so difficult to work with
1: interesting yeah that's that's really cool though i mean it, it, it's, i'm i'm it's hey, bringing, bringing whiskey to the west coast that's
0: that's what i'm about definitely
2: <laughs> yeah putting our, putting our own spin on it so it's yeah and Oregon oak only grows from northern california to southern bc so just a very small sliver so
1: it's rare yeah Definitely. And I'm sure some of the traditionalist bourbon traditionalist rye traditionalists out there might kind of have their thoughts on this method. But to me, I think it's pretty cool. Like, and I think that's what this like whiskey revival has done. I don't know if that's what we're, we're canning that for this episode, <laughs> but like smaller distilleries are able to do different things because of how popular it is now, and it's right. it's really cool.
2: Yeah, and there is like a, a ton of different woods that are available to make into barrels. So absolutely, kind of the options limited list there, and you can blend different barrels together, and just it's yeah, there is so much potential for it, absolutely. especially in like uh, American single malt. I don't know, like if you guys are into that category, because there is no TTP definition around it, you can basically do anything with it. So you can age it in a bunch of different types of barrels or, and it comes out as like faster than a scotch. It'll age faster in, than a scotch because you can actually put it into, into new oak instead okay. of used. So it's okay. another great category um, that's coming up.
0: Yeah. We, we haven't uh, touched on any single malts or anything like that yet. Um, or partly how because. How form. dare you? <laughs> right. Well, it, I mean, <laughs> also, cause it doesn't
1: necessarily hit our $30 and under. Um oh gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Well that's half of our or two thirds of our episodes are under thirty dollars. The other third are basically we call them cask picks because we pick what we taste. Like we rotate who picks what. Um we rotate between two and four people on the podcast. Um Devo and myself are on pretty much every episode, but so we do most of the cask picks. But yeah, the I was talking about this with someone else that we interviewed. And it's just so hard. Like if you compare a thirty dollar bourbon to a thirty dollar scotch, the bourbon's going to win every time because it's it's a better alcohol because you don't have to ship it. It doesn't have to be aged as long. Right. It, 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 that's my opinion. I have not had many too many thirty dollar scotches that I really enjoyed.
2: Yeah, it's like those those weird thirty dollars. Scotchers that you get at trader joe's that are like Macallan 11 year i'm like uh-huh. <laughs> right You're like
1: all right this was the bad batch does
2: this, this fall on the floor or something <laughs> right
1: so it true. says Macallan, but <laughs> but yeah so
0: which i do have to say mccallan i think 15 years my my favorite from for the
1: Macallans. isn't that like a hundred dollar bottle oh. though Yes. But I mean, McAllen
2: 12 was the one that, that got me into whiskey. That's like, that's okay. the one where I was like, okay, this is whiskey. I'm like, I get
1: it. McAllen so, is very good. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. Not, it's not too peaty like you don't like. And
1: it's not too oily like Agreed. you don't like.
0: Well, I mean,
1: it's not too it's oily. Still, it, the oily, <laughs> so I call it oily. I don't know what I'm getting. and But like, there's a slight like oiliness to the, the palate and the finish to me. And I don't love that. And that's the reason I'm not a big scotch fan. Um, but I do not like blended scotches or I've yet to have a blended scotch that I enjoy. Mm. Um, personally, I've only, I mean, I've probably had what 15, 20 bottles of scotch in my life. I've probably had 150 bottles of whiskey by now. Um, or bourbon, bourbon or rye. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. I will say one of, I don't know. Think I have any American whiskeys on my shelf? Your American mm. whiskey would be the first one that I would try, or first one that I would actually buy. Your your lineup's been has not disappointed, disappointed me at all, yeah, in any way, shape, or form. So, um, but four and a half on the review, um, that's going to be a top five for us for sure. Yeah, in forty episodes, so um, very impressed. So usually. Jason, at this point in time, we'd hop into like a whiskey talk, but we thought it could be fun to kind of kind of talk whiskey with you. um, sure. Kind of pick your brain, unless there was something else you wanted to talk about the rye that we missed. No. Um, so we thought it'd be fun to kind of let you tell your story a little bit, talk a little more about East Side and how you got into bourbon, kind of stuff like that. If you're comfortable with that, we uh, think it could be kind of fun.
2: I got to be honest, like after working with bourbon for almost seven years, it's not my favorite whiskey.
0: <laughs> really. really? Okay. So <laughs> yeah. you are more towards the Scotch, uh, since you said McKellen's was the one that just, got you in it.
2: Yeah, just anything corn-based. I'm just not a huge fan of. Okay. If it's if it's like one of those 100, you know, bottled and bond corn whiskeys, not a huge fan. I like corn. I get it. <laughs> I what's yeah, that? I get it. But there's something about the flavor that just doesn't work for me. So there needs to be like a, a strong. Just other grain in there, like a okay. rye component or a wheat component or yeah, barley is I was gonna
0: say, do you play with the barley a lot too? Since Yeah. I mean, like I it's... do my own
2: like experimental single malt stuff, like nothing that we'd release yet, but um it's yeah, that's one of my favorites. So.
1: Interesting. <laughs> kinda... What is your what is your favorite uh spirit that Eastside has come out with or has on its lineup right now?
2: Well, our new small batch ride, which is actually like my first official blend that I did as after being named head distiller. Uh, oh, that's, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And so that, that one goal that San Francisco this year. Nice. So, um, congratulations. Good coming out of the gate with that one. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, obviously I like that one, our new Burnside black. That's, uh, cast strength so it's 110 and is uh, we actually put that into our burnside into Organo casks that h- had our bourbon in it okay so it takes on just like the tiniest hint of that of that bourbon and that's like a that's, for me that's a good spot for bourbon to be it's just a little tiny hint <laughs> okay
0: yeah very cool and yeah, you said so that's a uh, cask strength so the the 110
2: one ten, yep. Yeah. and then uh one of the ones that we love to make and drink is our wayway coffee rum, okay, it's
1: absolutely delicious.
0: I'm not gonna lie when you were talking about that earlier, I was like, oh man, I, now I'm feeling for some rum right now, but
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: we know what rum does to you though, Devo,
2: yeah, yeah was <laughs> like, for fun, I just like distill my own rum, and it's like I absolutely love it. I was going to so, say, is it,
0: is it any different from distilling whiskey?
2: Yes. Okay. Depending on your, so like rum, like kind of covers like a lot of, it's all based on sugar, but sometimes it'll be for like just from fermented molasses, which is what I really like, or you can just do it from cane sugar and still technically be called rum. Okay. Uh, the molasses will obviously have a, a lot more flavor. But what happens when you have, uh, something more flavorful, like the molasses, and especially if you do like a, a, dunder pit and have that extra microbial activity, uh, in the tail sec, I don't know how much, you know, guys know about distilling the process, but in the, in the tail section, mm-hmm. there'll be like a really, uh, just, just the kind of tails that you don't want, but at a certain point there'll be this, the some oils that come over that are extremely flavorful and that's what gives a lot of flavor to like, particularly like Jamaican style rums.
1: Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm, I've had some rums that I've enjoyed. Um, but I don't tend to drink a lot of rum, but it sounds very intriguing. And my stepdad loves rum and vodka. So I'm going to be picking Mm -hmm. up both of them for him and I'll have them with him. We'll definitely (laughs) let you know our thoughts. Um but yeah that sounds those both sound very tasty. Mm-hmm. Excited to see the black label. Yeah. Definitely. Um so what got you into so whiskey what got you into whiskey was McAllen. but what got you into distilling? Like how did that come about? So
2: I was working at a film developing lab. So like for what part of the country are you guys in?
1: We're in California.
2: Okay, so I don't know if you have Fred Meyer down there or, uh, Kroger, uh, probably have Kroger. I know Kroger. But,
0: yeah. We at least know of Kro- uh, Kroger.
2: So when you, when you had like a disposable camera mm-hmm. back in the the film days, like you would drop that off at one of these stores and then it would get shipped to us here in Portland and then develop that. And then I'd worked there for almost uh, 10 years. And obviously this was like back in the early aughts. So, uh, digital was coming up really fast and, you know, cell phones were getting smaller and better cameras on them. So that was kind of going out of the way and, uh, just finished, uh, went back to college, got my degree and then, you know, saw the, I love beer. So the Portland scene for beer Mm -hmm. was like really up and coming then. And I was like, I want to get into that. So started looking around for jobs in that, which are at the time were just, impossible to find because everybody wanted to get into that. And I was like, well, I'll get into something that's like adjacent to that. So I got a job at a a food manufacturing plant that made tofu and almond milk. And it's, it was using like an aseptic process. So putting it into tetra packs, those like square paper containers Mm -hmm. that you see almond milk in.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: So I was running those fillers for about two and a half years. And then got let go from that job and then was just unemployment was running out. I was just looking at Craigslist ads and then just saw the ad for Eastside as a production assistant and then applied. Walking for my job interview and uh, uh, Melheim, the previous stiller, uh, she saw me with a Timbers, Portland Timbers scarf on. It's our soccer uh-huh. team. And she's like, you're hired.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
2: I was just wearing it because I was going to the game after the right, uh, game right. interview. So. yeah. So got hired on there and just been uh, kind of worked my way up from there.
1: Very cool. That's awesome. So you were how long? You were there for about five years before you became a head distiller. Is that is my timeline? I just became right? head
2: distiller in January this year. Okay. So uh, six years.
1: Okay, that's cool though. How's how's it been working in the spirits industry? I'm gonna say it's spirits industry because that kind of covers a little more. Yeah, for for your side for sure.
2: It's interesting like just being on the the craft level. The we're the only publicly traded craft distillery. Oh. So, we're big but small. So, <laughs> okay. and yeah, we're listed on the Nasdaq. Um, so yeah, that's been interesting. So, it it gives me a lot of freedom because with a lot of small distilleries, it's like, you know, one to five people operation. Mm-hmm. And those people wear a lot of hats. So uh there's a lot of things that I don't have to worry about, like compliance and like all the business decisions. I've got people for that. So <laughs> nice. Uh, it just it frees me up to, you know, explore a lot of different new products and just like sensory all that sort of stuff. It just gives me so much freedom. And I'm pretty, pretty fortunate to be in that position.
1: That's awesome. So like when you come up with a new idea or these trial barrels that you do or trial batches, mm-hmm. I think you said barrel, right? Most of them are smaller batches. Um, yeah. what, so do you use like your historical knowledge with what Mel did plus like your own personal preferences or how do you come up with these new ideas? Basically, I just have to kind of either create
2: like a, c- a consumer in my mind, like who, okay. would, who would be drinking this or an experience. Okay. Like, uh, so the small metro that I was just talking about, that was um, that was based on a bar that I was at in London called Murder, Inc.
1: Oh, and I was just that like, sounds cool.
2: like had the greatest experience there um like uh you know bartender found out that i was like in the industry and then i asked him like where else to else to go and then he just like gathered the staff and they're just all like writing down recommendations which in (laughs) london are a lot so uh so i was like man like what would be the the spirit that i would want on the shelf in this bar and that's what i was thinking of when i was making the small batch rye so like Telling myself a story like that, again, it's getting in that headspace right. and then like tricking your brain into <laughs> doing good things. So uh-huh. uh, that's kind of how I approach most things. I'll just think of an experience that I would want to have or have had or a person that would enjoy it. Because if, if I made everything for me, it I'm sure there, there's, there are other people with similar tastes, but it's not going to capture a wider market. So...
0: Right. Right. And it's, and it,
2: you have to think out outside of yourself.
0: So. Yeah. And it, it kind of sounds like you, you kind of take the idea of um, creating a story and making that story come to life, so to speak, through the experience that you have with the whiskey. Um, sorry. I, I definitely, I feel like I went a little bit more uh, in depth on that one, <laughs> but like, that's, I guess how I view whiskey and how I enjoy uh, my bourbons and rise and whiskey in general because i mean for scotch i usually only drink it with my father-in-law but um yeah
1: that's cool but you're you're not experiencing like you do yeah you're not wrong because when you drink alcohol if you're drinking to get drunk you don't care about the story because you're making the story right um but if you're drinking to enjoy you kind of want a story right because you have kind of like your you know, the nose, the palate, the finish are all kind of part of the story. Right. And it's, that's, that's really cool because we, so we haven't met with any head distillers and it's really cool to hear like your mindset on it because you just kind of assume like you, or I don't even know if I assume, I don't even it's, know what someone thinks when they're making uh, a new spirit or a new whiskey or a different, maybe not new, but a different type of whiskey. And that's really cool. Right. Yeah.
2: A lot of stories that you'll you hear be like, uh, you know, uh, this is something I, that I would, you know, distilled on my own at home when I wasn't supposed <laughs> uh-huh. to. <laughs> and then says like, thought I could turn it into a business. And so they'll have recipes, which is like, that's a totally great way to do it. But, um, yeah, it's just a matter of how you approach it. And like, so for our production team, it's like, we, none of us really like, liqueurs or anything like that so if we if we want to make something like a you know a a, a liqueur we have to think you just have to put yourself in the mindset of somebody who would like liqueurs otherwise if we're making it for us like well we'll take the sugar out of it then it's not a liqueur so
1: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i have yet to have a liqueur that i am that i enjoyed same the first one that thing that i think of is jaeger and that's just like you black out just like the color of the alcohol. Like it's just, it's not a, I don't know how anyone enjoys it to be honest, but you know, everybody has their own palates just like yeah. our listeners don't always agree with us. They might have right. the opposite palate. So they listen to hear ones that we rate horribly and they drink those. <laughs> I don't know. But, but the thing is know, like
2: when it comes to flavor and taste and preference, like nobody's wrong.
1: Correct. It- correct. Yeah, I don't like tomatoes, but that doesn't mean you don't like tomatoes and Diva doesn't like tomatoes. It's right. you know, that's that's my preference, but I love tomato products. That's the weirdest thing about <laughs> me. I hate tomatoes, but you like ketchup. Yeah. I don't like raw tomatoes. I don't mind if they're cooked tomatoes. Raw tomatoes drive me nuts. And I'm I'm a I'm a ketchup lover. I use way too much ketchup. So it doesn't make mm. a lick of sense, but that's my palate. Right. And I think it's the texture of tomatoes that bugs me and the like popping. Don't like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but it's it's really intriguing that it 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 really is
0: yeah do you have
1: have any questions for jason
0: i mean i only had that one comment right now but uh (laughs) yeah i mean jason you kind of you kind of hit on on everything what um so when you said that like for you in terms of whiskey like what what is your normal go-to's for um the type of
2: whiskey i should say Uh, Usually like a single malt, single malt. Okay, yeah, I I do like blended scotches too. So,
0: okay. Um, Do you like peat scotch, or or heavily peated? Okay, (laughs) yeah, because yeah, like
2: it's an acquired taste. But you know, like uh, I think my first one was Lagavulin, and that just like smacks you upside the head Uh with a peat bog, and uh... but then I was like, wow, that was so interesting. And then it just kind of like sticks in your head, uh-huh. and then I was like, oh, I gotta go back and try that, and see if it was what I thought it was. And then, yeah, you know, just got to got to love it.
0: Yeah, I figured you weren't a, a uh person that that that's what you started out with, but.
2: Uh, <laughs> have like you had too, port of yeah. Charlotte? No, I haven't.
0: Okay, that one that one's a, a decent Pete, um and and just overall like a good flavor, um, a very good sipper. In in my opinion. Um and I got that from Mikey, uh my my brother in law. But
1: yeah. So and that one's I think a single malt as well. So Port of Charlotte. Port of Charlotte. I'm hoping this wouldn't get you in trouble with uh Eastside, but if you were to drink something that wasn't Eastside, what would what would your go to be? Mm, Pro- McAllen 12. Okay. Now that's yep. that's a, there's a lot of debate, I feel like, with McAllen like uh, scotch in general and aging like some people like to me as you age it longer i don't enjoy it as much like i feel like for me my favorite was 15 year mm-hmm. um is is that the reason that you like the 12 year because of like the additional flavor you get from it or like i'm not gonna i don't want to say harshness because i feel like bourbon it's harsh but it's not necessarily that way with scotch well the
2: Macallan. 18 is one that I prefer, but okay. I got for the 12 <laughs> <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> on, on a semi-regular basis. <laughs> but uh, you're right. Like, so I've had the 21 before and then uh, I, I was just like, you know what? I was drinking with the, that with my buddy. We're like, yeah, this diminishing returns okay. at, after a certain point with that. So after the 18, I don't see a point in going higher. Maybe I haven't had the right, Scotch, over that. So, um, no, I think that twelve to eighteen is a is a bit sweet spot.
1: Definitely, yeah. I feel like over ten years for me with bourbon, it mm. doesn't really do anything else. Like it just smooths it out too much. And same thing with rye. I've had Whistle Pig eighteen year, and I wasn't a fan. And it's like a three hundred and fifty dollar bottle, or right. four hundred dollar bottle, depending on where you find it.
2: Yeah, we had some sixteen year bourbon that was <laughs> just was not impressed by. And then, so, but you know, it's 16 years old, so you, you got to do something. So I've put it into, uh, is port casks. Yeah. Port wine casks.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: And it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny when you, when you're working with, uh, like older bourbon like that, I only had five barrels to work with. They were not mm-hmm. full. Uh, they only filled up two of the port wine barrels. And it's like uh, cross your fingers. Right. <laughs> Hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> because there's like there's like what else can you do with it uh, with a with a straight bourbon that old? But it's actually turning out pretty good. It's been in there for six months and I'm liking the direction it's going, so
1: that's awesome.
2: I also um, don't know if that's if I'm getting used to drinking older bourbons. Oh, okay. Okay. So
0: I, that makes sense because, I mean, for a while there, Rob and I were drinking a lot of uh, barrel strength um, mm-hmm. and it and it didn't matter what strength or uh, didn't matter which brand it was. But then we go to something a little bit lower than <laughs> barrel strength and we're like, oh, well, this is kind of bland or you know, it wasn't as much of a thing. So
1: um, I, I can kind of see where you're like, ah, maybe I'm just getting used to it type of thing. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We actually had an episode where we did bullet and bullet barrel strength side by side. Well, Mm -hmm. we didn't, we started with barrel strength and I was like, Hey, let's try bullet by itself. And it's the same. Everything's the same. It's just one's barrel strength and one's, you know, brought down to 90 proof. Right. And it's night and day between the two. It really is. It is absolutely night and day. And I like bullet. I think it's one of, you know, it's a, Probably top ten under twenty five dollar bottles you can find, but it's it just isn't comp- it doesn't compare because of the the flavors you get out of the full uh, the barrel strength. It's it's mm. so interesting how that happens, and I know we've talked to people that kind of they kind of mess with the proofs, like they'll water it down and bring it down to a specific proof or add a tablespoon of water and drop it some proof. It's right. really or teaspoon teaspoon teaspoon, but it, it's, it's intriguing what you can do with alcohol and with scotch. You, you know, you add a drop of water in it. Mm. Now I was always taught you don't add ice to scotch, which I'm opposed to adding ice to bourbon, but I know some people prefer that unless it's mixed. I'm fine with it with ice that way. But, um, do you drink pretty much most of your, your spirits neat? uh, Big ice cube. Big okay. ice cube? With yeah. uh, bourbon as well or with Scotch? Yeah, pretty much
2: any anything that I'm drinking, uh that's not a cocktail, then yeah, it's big ice cube.
1: Interesting. Yeah, the And for for me,
2: like I think that experience experiencing the proof change as the ice melts. Like you there's a whole wide range of flavors that that happen again. But that's just my preference. So.
0: Okay. And you don't go off of uh, using like. Have you tried with the that
2: big old ice ball that they say? I've got you know, what's that brand? Uh, Corksicle. Okay. <laughs> makes makes this uh, really good spherical um, ice mold and makes the makes the clear ice. And, nice. Yeah, it's. Doesn't really make a difference. Clear eyes versus oh, okay.
0: Because yeah, clear that's ice. that's what I was going to ask too. Was like, it, does it really make a difference between
1: the <laughs> just looks nicer, yeah, right? Yeah. In but but again, is the ball,
2: it tricks your mind into okay. thinking that like this is higher quality. So that's I think it was uh, if you don't follow Jeffrey Morgenthaler, he's got a like fantastic drinks blog. He's a bartender up here in Portland. He actually uh, he uh, uh, ran runs the San Francisco Spirits Competition starting this year
0: okay oh okay Uh, very cool
2: so he did a like a dive into that where it's like yeah it's like not doesn't really matter
1: (laughs) that's intriguing i know there there are places by us that sell that like that brand that makes the ice cubes in like a bag have you seen that it's like mm -hmm, in like a it's almost like a metallic like one of those zip bags I haven't that, seen it. The place we got Stag Jr. and Single E.H. Uh, e. Taylor single barrel from, they sold it. And it's like right. this super high-end ice that's perfectly clear. And it's like, why the he Well, we drink our whiskey primarily neat. Um, right. we, that's just how we prefer it. Um, and to be honest, for a long time, we were opposed to drinking with ice. But then mm, we started mm. to think about it. It's like, you know what? Just because we like it doesn't mean that other people are wrong. Just like what right. you do with your distilling. It's, you know, you're not right. I'm not wrong. Or I'm, I said that wrong. <laughs> I said that wrong. You know, just not because me. you think it's right doesn't mean that we're wrong or right. whatnot. You're, our, all of our preferences are different. But it's it, that's what makes it so cool. Like, you and we can discuss alcohol and prefer alcohols completely differently. Right. I mean, I it's think like, you were trying this neat though, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah no, so I, I no I'll drink,
2: I'll drink things neat. Uh, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm actually doing sensory. Okay. For work, then that's always neat. Okay. If then, uh, that's how I do like all my, uh, like tasting notes and all that, all that sort of stuff. And, okay. Uh, but then I will, Experiment with that in water because then you're like, because there is a broad range of consumers. Some people like ice, so you got to see if it'll. Will this fall apart when it's diluted? So, because sometimes a blend will do that. Like it'll just, if you have ice in there, it'll fall flat. So, that's uh, it's. You have to try it, but I, yeah, I always start neat.
1: That's interesting. I never thought of that. I I wouldn't be opposed to trying this with a with an ice cube. Just to just just to see, because I feel like there's plenty Mm -hmm. of flavor that you could water it down and you'd still you'd probably pick up on some additional flavors. Um, But yeah. I also can't wait to try this in a Manhattan and also to try your Goose Hollow or Buckman in an old fashioned. I feel like the Buckman could make a hell of an old fashioned
2: Goose Hollow there. Yeah, there's a beer bar here called loyal legion they made like the best old-fashioned out of the goose hollow is absolutely
1: incredible that's that i i could imagine i i feel like the goose hollow is one of the easiest sipping bourbons you can find that still has flavor Mm -hmm. because most bourbons that you drink they're a little harsh you know they they give you the bite but then you get the flavor and then it's worth it but when it gets too smooth it's like there's just not the flavor there. Right. But.
2: Do you make your yeah. old fashions with the uh, with the sugar cube? And do you do
1: that? I do it with cane Political. sugar. <laughs> and then I stir it up to. That's how I do it. I know some yeah. people prefer simple syrup. There's some people we follow that make their own. Or he has a they company do that does uh, simple syrup. They have like mm-hmm. a toasted coconut simple syrup. And apparently a lot of people like that with old fashions. But I'm kind of a traditionalist with old fashioned. So just bitters, Mm. sugar, water, and uh, bourbon. That's how I make them. And it's turned out pretty well so far.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. There's a bar here in, in just like right across the street from me called the botanist. And uh, when I first moved into this building, (laughs) I like found, found it. And it was like just this incredible cocktail bar. And was sitting there talking with them about uh, the, the simple syrup they use. And they use palm sugar. Which comes in like a solid block that oh. they have to they have to heat up to in order to get it to liquefy. And then uh then they dilute it to make their their simple syrup and that's how they made their their uh their cocktail with it. And I was like, so like why why palm sugar palm syrup sugar? and not yeah. something else? So like they made up uh with the same ingredients, just change only changed it to just a another simple syrup, their their standard simple syrup, completely different, ruined the drink. <laughs> Interesting. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, gives you a l- interesting insight into what bartenders do and just how how creative they are.
1: Yeah, I was watching a, a so a live stream of a bartender from Southern California, and um, I asked him to make an. Old, he was saying like, "What do you want me to make?" And he and I said, "Make an old fashioned," because really, if I'm going to drink a mixed drink, it's either going to be an old fashioned Manhattan or I'm drinking whiskey meat. That's Mm. or from time to time I'll drink beer. Beer used to be my big
0: go-to
1: go-to. But right. then since we've started getting into bourbon, it's, it's been usually bourbon because I'm interested in what flavors I can get from different things. Bourbon and beer kind of took a back seat, but he used gum syrup. I am struggling mm-hmm. to remember yeah. what it was. I'd never heard of gum syrup syrup before instead of, uh, instead of simple syrup. Huh? Right. It apparently has a little more depth. Yeah, it's,
2: it's so it's, it's thicker, and yeah, it's it's just builds body in it, but it's basically just uh, simple syrup thickened. Okay. So in, instead of increasing the ratio of sugar, is, is the kind of the, the theory behind it? You're just you're thickening it up with the with the gum.
1: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I was at That's a bar.
2: Uh, at a bar like a Saturday night, really busy, and like ordered an old fashioned. Uh, wasn't the place that like you would think? It, it's more of like a you know whiskey and coke sort of place, but like okay. ordered an old fashioned, and the guy just like kind of like visibly sighed, and then got out the sugar cube and you know the bitters and like cherry and started muddling all together. I'm like, it's a busy bar, man. It's like just pour simple syrup in there, <laughs> like, right?
0: <laughs>
2: like, I, I appreciate the bar- I pr- I pr- appreciate the bar craft, but just like I'm, I was expecting just a simple syrup and whiskey is
1: but
0: just just a quick old fashioned. that's all i want yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i will say though usually i try to avoid getting old fashions outside of like fancier bars or fancier Mm. restaurants or whiskey bars because usually they just don't quite hit the mark they're they're fine to sip on but that's why i think they're great because i think uh it it tells you the skill of the bartender that's true that is a good point because it's probably one of the most simple cocktails outside of whiskey coke or like a, I guess like a screwdriver, but <laughs> right. it's, you know, it's a very simple cocktail, but it's easy to mess up. Right. If you don't do it right. And that's a, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I never thought of that. Like that should be the bar right there. If you can make an old fashioned, <laughs> you're a good bartender. Yeah. yeah. It's partly because I like old fashioned. So <laughs> right. um, do you like your old fashioned with a cherry? Yeah. So
2: I, I made my own, Cherries and cherry syrup and all that, and oh, like aged cool. um. So it was a brandy that I distilled and then aged for three years, and then I made the like soak the cherries in there with some sugar and just they're fantastic.
1: So I bet <laughs> that, that's yeah, what I should, use. <laughs> I I have not made one with cherry. I usually just do the essence of you know the orange peel and uh the bitters and the sugar but i'll have to kind of mess with that a little bit i have some cherries that i spent a lot of money on because i'm not distilling my own brandy
0: i was gonna say is that the one that we <laughs> got from total wine Those yeah cherries?
1: yeah yeah That was like 16 dollars i feel like for like a little container of them
2: uh i think it's yeah you only use one in a drink so true right yeah, it's, it's not spent that, that some bad. money on it it'll last a while and then the syrup you can use in, in drinks and that's really good too. So.
1: That's true. That makes sense. You yeah. keep making good points that I'm like, damn <laughs> it! Like I want to complain about this, and he keeps telling me that I shouldn't. And he's making. Do you sense. drink Sazeracs? I, like I. You know what? I haven't had a good Sazerac.
2: Oh, that's a that's an interesting cocktail. Is it? So, uh, yeah, it's another one of my favorites. I
1: um, think they have yeah, it? At the I state. mean,
2: it's it's just an old right. fashioned with like an absinthe rinse and patioed bitters and okay. Uh, Yeah, served neat, but uh,
0: (laughs) Hmm. I had
2: a spectacular mess up with that one in uh, a bar in Vegas. Is that a cocktail bar? So you think they would know how to make a Sazerac and then the server or the bartender must have been brand new. Just poured me a shot of Sazerac whiskey. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sazerac's (laughs) not bad. But, it was like not what I meant. No, it's still enjoyable. I'm like, I'm, yeah, right. and I'm not going to just be like, you know, send it back. I was like, I'll, I'll drink Sazerac. So. Right?
0: <laughs> You're like, uh, okay, I'll, I finished that. Can you
1: give me yeah. what I really wanted? <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> that is interesting though. And you'd think that in Vegas, you'd have kind of like not, you know, not necessarily the best, but you'd have very high quality bartenders out there. But well, it was at I an upscale cocktail bar too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had that many good bartenders out there. I'm still scared to order mixed drinks unless it's a whiskey Coke. People can't screw that one up. I swear to God. (laughs) They shouldn't be able to at least. Right. Unless they're too too
0: strong or not enough, uh, not enough whiskey. Yeah,
1: (laughs) definitely. Um, Jason, before we go, any recommendations to bourbon drinkers to make the experience better? Anything that you can think of from the, other side of the table right from someone that makes bourbons that would enhance the experience for a bourbon drinker or whiskey drinker in general oh, you keep going back to bourbon bro I keep saying bourbon when I say bourbon I mean whiskey when I mean whiskey I mean bourbon is <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, the best
2: bourbon that you're gonna have is the one that you're drinking with friends but okay. uh, Burn- Burnside
1: bourbon's pretty good too <laughs> <laughs> I can't I, disagree with that
0: yeah I mean the of the three that we've had so far like all top, like gonna be on my shelf, type whiskeys, definitely awesome, um, I'm I think glad the, to hear the, it
1: the so oddly enough, I think my favorite's the rye, and I'm a bourbon guy, um I think the the rye hits it on the mark, um the goose hollow I feel is like is a very easy sipper, but it's it's very flavorful. the goose hollow, I'm sorry, I just said goose buckman. hollow buckman is is kind of like you're going to have one glass and you're done. That's to me because there's so much it's, it's, it's like a meal that one, but yeah, there has busy. yet to be, I have not had anything from your lineup on the Burnside side That was, that's confusing. Um, that I have not enjoyed. Um, so kudos to you guys. Kudos to you. Uh, we're, we really look forward to hearing, or to seeing what you have in store coming up and we will continue to buy from you guys for sure. And we'll push you guys like crazy because you guys make good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. So Jason, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. We'll definitely keep in touch with you to hear what kind of fun stuff you are coming out with. And, uh, but we can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And, uh, Devo, do you have anything to say? Keep it neat, friends.